Welcome back, everybody, to the Modern History HSC podcast. Today, we're not going to be looking at one of the prescribed subjects uh, within the Modern History HSC, but in the preliminary, so in year 11, when you're looking at historical trends, you're looking at confirmation bias, construction of history, there is a little bit of leeway into the sorts of topics you can do. What I wanted to do is set up an opening guide for looking at the history of Bitcoin. So the history of Bitcoin is an absolutely fascinating topic for students of history. Now, I know what you're probably thinking that you might be a teacher who's looking at this going, okay, I don't quite understand all the technology of how the system works. This episode is not going to be getting into that. We're going to be looking at the history of this asset and its misinterpretations and its representation in the media and the inner workings of its community. Um, It's just got all these hallmarks of a emerging system which is coming up against a legacy system which is a trend which we see in history all the time so bitcoin the asset the network the community in question is one that is hotly debated sometimes just outright dismissed and on some occasions just directly attacked it is a perfect subject as I said before, for exploring confirmation bias, interpretations of said histories, and historical construction. Simply to put it, it is one of the most engaging historical investigations that I, as a teacher, or just a skeptic, curious person, has ever undertaken. So, this is going to be a short biography of the quest for sound money. Before we get into Bitcoin, we need to introduce the internet. The internet. With the invention of the internet and its rapid adoption in the 90s, the world changed forever. A war for protocols which would connect the world and make it smaller and more tribal in some cases than ever before was taking shape. The digital landscape was debated, dismissed by experts and attacked by the traditional media receiving the same sceptical treatment of technological leaps such as electricity. A group of individuals which sought to rebuild society and its norms online were known as the cypherpunks, and their direct competition as they saw it was government surveillance and overreach and this new landscape being controlled by the same corporate monopolies that controlled the physical world. This world was new, and it needed privacy and decentralization. The missing piece. The internet was birthed without a native currency or store of value. Imagine a physical world where nothing rare really exists. Anyone can copy your labor or work and you have no control or real way to verify who owns what. That is not where Bitcoin comes in, but its many predecessors which would go on to inspire it. Hashcash, Bitgold, Ecash, these were all attempts to create the first money of the internet, but failed to gain meaningful adoption. 2008 2008 saw a repeat 
of the devastating Wall Street crash of the 1930s. And similar to the Roaring Twenties, companies and people had dramatically over-leveraged to a point of mutually assured destruction. If one player blew up, this would mean that if their large bet that they had consolidated and leveraged their wealth into went bad or they didn't have the money that was owed in a pinch, the whole house of cards would collapse. This is what happened in 2008 and we had an episode of Contagion. Contagion is the fear that everything just freezes up. Fear spread like wildfire and the fear led to lending globally um, contracting almost overnight. And the roaring early stage of the 21st century collided with a tree. Save Wall Street. In order to instill order into the global economy once more, the bankers fled to the White House and demanded support. The bailout that would take place is arguably still going on today, a papering over of a massive gap left after the blower. Initially, 700 billion US dollars was given to restore order to Wall Street, while far more on Main Street lost everything. The White Paper As a direct response to the anger of this loss, and the clear inequality laid bare, a person or persons responded, not in person, but in a chat room. The anonymous programmer known as Satoshi Nakamoto published the White Paper. The White Paper is a document, PDF, which is almost like a design and thesis for the Bitcoin network. One which would aim to become peer-to-peer electronic cash for the internet. He would achieve this via blockchain technology and a system of proof of work mining. I just want to note and preface again that this biography will not be going into any details in regards to the technology of blockchain or proof of work mining as this story is only really starting to begin and please make sure to do your own research. It is also worth mentioning at this point in the story I am going to start introducing a rough record of price as I believe that the price is another source of information to indicate the network's growth and adoption. 2009 Zero dollars The first Genesis block is mined and Satoshi sends the first ever transaction to Hal Finney. Each block in the chain can contain a message and this first block contained a very important message indeed. It can still be viewed on the blockchain today. It reads The Times, Jan 3rd, 2009, Chancellor on the brink of a second bailout of banks. End quote. The first shots had been fired. 2011, $1. Roughly three years into the project, Bitcoin's faceless creator and leader would post his final message, stating the following moved on to other things. It is debated to this day 
whether Satoshi left the community and the project because of growing pressure or constant need for updates and guidance from the community, or whether he was playing some sort of 4D chess uh, game theory and realized that the only way for the project to really succeed would be for him to walk away and give up authority of the network. To this day, what we do know is that the coins that are identified and marked as Satoshi's coins have not moved on the network. This same year, WikiLeaks, a website famous for blowing the whistle on US war crimes, specifically for the ongoing war on terror, and the most notably for its film Collateral Death, began to leverage the non-centrable, permissionless nature of the network to receive donations after all other traditional rails had abandoned them in response to government pressure. 2012. $200. The culture that was developing in 2012 was one without its original leader. The Bitcoin development team, led by Gavin Andreessen, was its new leader, and the identity for the future of the network was in a state of flux. Would the network become the next Visa and corporatize, or would it stick it to the man and become the next global reserve asset based on sound money principles? Time would tell. 28th of November. 2012. The first halving occurs and the new Bitcoin supply issuance reduces by 50%. 2013. $1,200. One of the first challenges to the Bitcoin network came this year with the shutting down of the Silk Road. The online marketplace for anything used Bitcoin to avoid censorship, but was eventually shut down by the FBI, and its maintainer, Ross Stevens, was sentenced to prison to spend the rest of his life behind bars. 2014, $340. One of the things that people need to note at this stage in the story, that interacting with the network today is very different to the way it would have looked in 2014. Only the technically savvy users of the network would have been able to uh, self-host and have sovereign ownership of their access to the asset on the network. For everybody else, the only option to buy and sell was on these early exchanges, with Mt. Gox being one of the largest. Mt. Gox's meltdown and hack which would seize and remove access of these coins to the users was one of the most i guess traumatic episodes in bitcoin's history this episode would also spark a stronger push for self-custody of the asset and the development of the saying not your keys not your coins 2015 $1,000. New exchanges after Mt. Gox did, however, manage to gain traction 
after this traumatic event. Exchanges such as Coinbase took center stage, leveraging other trends such as the emerging mobile and app revolution. Also at this period in time, over 100,000 merchants were now connected to the new digital currency landscape. July 9th, 2016. The second halving occurs and the new Bitcoin supply issuance reduces again by a further 50%. 2017, $20,000. With new issuance reduced by 50% for the second time in Bitcoin's history, and demand exponentially growing on the back of trends such as the internet, mobile, and apps, Bitcoin hit a major milestone. This was also sparked by global attention, celebrity endorsement, and of course, short-term speculation. Copy coins, ICOs also sparked similar episodes which you would have seen in the dot-com bubble of the early 1990s. The party would eventually reach a fever pitch at $20,000 as the people who didn't understand the protocol rushed in and got wrecked and the media would pile in with analogies that this was just another bubble. The network would then grind into its bear market to $3,000. 2017 to 18, $3,000. The network had gone mainstream and the identity crisis for what would happen next to Bitcoin's future is known as almost like a civil war. The block size wars centered on the scaling of the asset would divide the community on maintaining the protocol in its original form or increasing the block size to reduce fees. The trade-offs for reducing the fees and increasing the size of the block was a direct threat to the decentralized nature of the network. This was because the nodes, the machines that could be run on a laptop or a small computer, would not be able to cope with the upgrade. This would result in the role of the nodes, which would be used to provide trust in order for the network would have to be farmed out to larger servers and corporations which could afford the scaling. The eventual outcome was a hard fork, a split in the chain which created a new coin with the upgrade and leaving the original chain intact. From this point, the miners and the community would decide on which version was best. In the end, what we can conclude is that the original chain would be the one to consolidate power. This episode of chaos would also bring significance in showing that the decentralized nature of the network was in fact true, that the users and the demands of the users had outweighed the demands of corporations, exchanges, and mining groups. The Lightning Network With the original chain victorious, 
the issue of scaling and cheaper payments was still a issue that needed to be solved. It was around this time that a novel layer 2 solution was created. The Lightning Network would seem to act in unison with the original chain. Not dissimilar to the way that the legacy banking system had a slower, more secure uh, method such as Fedwire, and then on top of that, the payments that you and I use every day, like Visa or MasterCard, would act as a, la uh, a layer two. 2020, the global shutdown. By mid 2020, the COVID pandemic had touched nearly every part of the globe. Nations worldwide responded with an economic shutdown in an attempt to combat the spread of the virus. This shutdown resulted in the largest economic decline in modern history. One that would need a very large check once again to paper over the crevasse that was created. $2.2 trillion hit Wall Street and Main Street in the largest economic bailout ever recorded. This method was also replicated in central banks across the world, such as the ECB, the BOJ, and the PBC. The flash crash of assets with U-turn and Bitcoin's crash from 10k to 3k began its steady climb back up once again. May 11, 2019. The third halving occurs and the new Bitcoin supply issuance reduces by 50%. This is happening at the same time that central banks around the world are printer going through. This is where our story will pause. There is a multitude of events that would happen past this macro clash. Most notably, the adoption of the network by public companies, the adoption of the network by pension funds and banks, and the adoption of the network as a legal tender by sovereign nations. We are so early to this story on the back of a trend which is ever accelerating and one which is here to stay. Thank you for listening to the Modern History HSC podcast.